Hi, I'm George Tekmachov here with Steve the Big Cat Anderson for another Easton Target Archery podcast. Lots to talk about this uh, this week. And Steve, you're getting ready for indoor nationals or not? What are you What are you planning there? Yeah, I'm getting ready. And and what does getting ready mean for you right now? Just shooting some bows, shooting some arrows, um, uh-huh. some mental preparation. Yeah, you know, I, I got to talk to Linda um, a couple weeks ago on the podcast when we were talking about the World Indoor uh, Final uh, that she participated in, uh, along with Rio Wild, and um, was it Chris Schaff? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they, they shot real well. But, you know, before the event, Linda was telling me that the thing that she had learned from going to Rushmore Rumble was that her mental game needed needed to be uh, needed to be stepped up a little bit, you know, because that's the hard part of getting back to a live event. Now you went to Rushmore and, um, you know, your experience was, as we talked about in a previous podcast, not what it could have been from your point of view, still a great performance in my estimation, but what are your plans for this one? Uh, going back to Yankton, of course, because that's where Indoor Nationals is going to be. What, what is exactly, you know, the Steve Anderson approach to the mental side for this? Nothing different. You can't, uh, like, like I always say, you don't want to like, uh, make it seem like it's more than what it is. I mean, right. They were still shooting an archery tournament. So I've shot a lot of archery tournaments. I've done pretty well. So I'm just going to remember that I've done pretty well and try to, <laughs> if you're thinking about the times when you didn't do very well, you're thinking about the wrong thing. So, Oh yeah. You're setting yourself up for, for failure. Yeah. So, I yeah. shot pretty good. You know, after Rushmore, I didn't shoot virtually at all. And then I went and shot the, uh, USA indoor and I shot pretty good. I think I shot a 591. The first half was a little rough. And then the second half was a 297, but it was a really nice 297. You know, the shooting started to really come together. So I thought, well, I can, I still have it, you know, just gotta, just gotta put it all together and be ready. That's it. Talked to Bruce and Brittany earlier this week, and they had a few things to say about the uh, the turnout for indoor nationals. That's uh, that's not looking too bad. It's actually looking like a pretty good turnout. So it it seems like uh, people are are happy to go to Yankton. I didn't On see the, other the registered hand, numbers, but I know Rushmore was the biggest event they've ever had in Yankton. Is that right? Even in these times? Yeah, I think they said uh, they. Well, Bruce said. World Youth might have been bigger, but I don't think it actually was. Right. Um, and we had like 800 or something at Rushmore Rumble. And the previous largest event was probably about 600. So maybe World Youth was there. I don't know. But this was that was not an indoor event either. So this was this was by far the most people they've had shooting an event within the center. And, and thankfully, they have that new addition, which they got in you know 2017 or so. Cause that really uh, opened up some space for more competitors. Absolutely. I, you know, here's the thing though, the, the people are going to Yankton for indoor nationals. They, they turned out in droves, as you just pointed out for Rushmore rumble. They're not necessarily jumping on the opportunity to shoot live in Vegas this year. It's weird. We talked to Bruce and Brittany. Here's what they had to say. So that brings up a good point that March 22nd, we have the Vegas shoot in-person hotel deadline at the South Point. So if there's any chance that you're going to be attending that event, get your hotel booked 
Um, the link is on our website, thevegashoot.com. And you have up until 72 hours before your reservation to cancel. You know, so if something comes up that you can't make it, you can still cancel. So, yeah, I mean, we would encourage everybody to come. It's going to be a very different Vegas shoot, obviously, with just the championships there. But, um, you know, it looks like a lot of fun, you know, with good, good time again this year. Absolutely. So, you know, let's recap. We have two major events for everybody. That is the indoor nationals that are coming up. Uh, deadline for register, early registration has passed, but uh, people can still register for that event, right, Brittany? I mean, the indoor nationals are still open as far as entries are concerned. Yep, we always take entries up until the day of the tournament. So yes, I've seen it. <laughs> so yep, everything's still open. You can register at nfaausa.sport80.com. And again, I think that we're seeing a situation with the Vegas uh, championship event where it's probably a really good idea for people to get on it this week in order to make sure that the, uh, the availability of rooms is there. Because not everything in Vegas is, has opened up. South Point has got enough rooms to cover everybody that wants to participate in this event. Is that not the case? Yep. Yep. And we actually have rooms at the South Point and then next door at the Grand View. So, right. I know, you know a lot of people like the grand view because you can, you can make your own meals or, you know, uh, yep, spread out. Laundry. <laughs> yeah. All of that. Very, yeah. very convenient. Yep. Yep. And we're, we're excited about it. You know, it's uh, it's kind of interesting looking back over the history, you know, the Vegas shoot has been held in April before. Um, and actually it's been held in March quite a few times. So, you know, I knew it's, about it's March. Not, I never, I never realized April wouldn't, when was yeah, that? it was, you it know? was held in April. Like the first weekend or two, they always had a problem with Easter, of course, like everybody does. But, you know, the indoor season used to be a little bit longer. And, um, you know, I, th I think there's some good to that, you know, especially this year. Um, and it really doesn't matter because this year it's archery season, no matter what discipline it is. So you took the words yeah. right out of my mouth. It is it is archery season one way or another, depending on uh, doesn't depend on what kind of bow you shoot or whether you're shooting indoors or outdoors. It's all archery. And. Goodness knows we need to get back to it because uh, I can't remember the last time I was at a live event. It uh, might have been the Vegas shoot, Bruce. Yeah. And uh, it was the man, last that's a long time. Yeah, that was a lot of people's last event. And I think that this opportunity to get back to Vegas in the middle of April is going to be a, a real great thing for a lot of folks. And I'm looking forward to it myself. So I know that uh, you guys have a lot of work to do to to continue to get ready for that and you know again one more thing that folks may not be thinking of right now but is going to be a thing we've got a world championship uh for all 160 plus world archery countries coming to yankton this year and that's yeah. you know we're five and a half months away from that so you know that's a huge event and i know that uh, you know the planning has got to be hot and heavy for that because that is that is not a trivial event that is like putting on uh, you know, it's the biggest event in our sport, uh, even bigger in terms of logistics, in terms of, you know, the stuff that the organizers have to do. It's even bigger than the Vegas shoot, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You know, when you add this year, you know, for those of people that don't know, we have Congress with it, which um, is like another event of its own. But when you mix the two together, um, it, yeah, it, it becomes a real production. I mean, it's... Uh, you know, it's basically the, the Olympic body of archery is, uh, you know, coming to the United States 
And this year is a very special one. You know, normally um, in talking to the, the people at USOPC, you know, there's normally 20 to 30 different sports world championships in the U.S. every year. This year, there's two. One's in Houston, Texas, and I believe that's uh, table tennis. And the other one is archery, which is right here in Yankton, South Dakota. So um, it, it's a big deal for the country. It's a big deal for our sport. Um, and it's, uh, it's going to be a lot of work and a lot of fun both. I'm quite surprised, Steve. You know, I got to say, I, I'm looking forward to that event. I can't imagine anybody seriously interested in our sport that isn't looking at that and going, yeah. And yet, you know, the, it's a slow start. Um, my guess is, well, now it's about a month away. You know, what I've caught myself doing is not being as prepared with uh, like entries and booking flights and whatnot, because I haven't done it for so long. So oh, yeah. it might just be that people are forgetting, you know, oh yeah, I got to register and do all that stuff I used to do in a timely manner. Um, or they're just, there's probably a number of people going, I'm going to wait and see. So I'm not even going to bother registering yet. Yeah, we'll just in case, right? Takes place. My guess is with with what's been happening the last couple of weeks here, um, you know, the amount of people getting vaccinated, the change in restrictions, and simply the plummeting of infection rates. I think people are going to go, yeah, it's time to time to get after it again. However, I heard a rumor that the recurvers just sent Brady twenty bucks each, and they're like, yeah, well, here you go. <laughs> yeah, the, the Brady Tokyo training uh, subsidy. <laughs> yeah, the recurves, the recurve shooters are afraid. They're scared to turn out with Brady there. <laughs> they just, I mean, you got a guy. What was the second place score last year? Like eight ninety two or something? And yeah, yeah, here's a guy <laughs> who cleaned it. It's the guy who shot nine hundred. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, could have easily shot right up there with the compound guys if he chose to, I suppose, you know, I paid, you know, paid the dues and done all that. But, you know, you gotta, you gotta give respect to Brady. That was a huge score and he's done well all season uh, in these virtual indoor events in spite of the, uh, you know, the situation as it, as it stands. Um, Ojin Hyuk actually won the title for the world indoor, but, uh, but Brady was certainly right up there and, uh, Obviously, I think his focus is going to be Tokyo, although I, I would expect to see him in, in Vegas for sure. Yeah, I looked and they've got four entries in recurve championship right now. So Brady, Usual one of suspects. Them. Yeah. Uh, How about Brady, is Jack Glenn in there? Thomas, Ernesto Boardman and uh, Jocelyn de Grandis, a name I don't wow. know. So. Uh, Jocelyn was a top shooter from France and he did very well in Nîmes this year. Nice. Uh, He's but, coming over, but, I guess. But, but he was shooting a compound in Nîmes, so it sounds like he's coming over with his recurve for Vegas. Maybe he's looking for that podium position. Well, with only four guys in the thing, and one of them being Brady, there's at least two steps available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think there's a – I, I got to check with – Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say I got to check with Joe McGlynn, see if he's planning to go. Joe's shooting pretty well right now. He, uh, he shot really well uh, this past uh, few days in the uh, – event that he held at, at uh, Proline Archery Lanes in Queens. And uh, so, you know, he's, he might be an old dog, but he can hang. He can hang. Yeah. I've seen him do quite well. You betcha. He's got, so some, he's the yeah, most calm I, I guy know. I know on the line. What's that? He's probably the most calm shooter I have 
shot with over the years. You know, he, he's always very consistent mentally. And, and mm. I think that's a strength, you know? Yeah. At this point, you know, he's probably seen a little bit of everything in the game. And that's true. Uh, I, I always thought it was cool to, I've never been to Proline Archery, you know, I've always thought it was fascinating to think that there's an archery shop in Queens. In John Gotti's neighborhood. Yeah. You, I mean, I'm <laughs> sure you've been there, right? Many a time. Oh, yeah. Yep. What's it like? Like they have an indoor range, I assume. Yeah, it's an indoor range. It's a it's a first class pro shop. Um, it's been remodeled since the last time I've been there. But uh, you know, looking at the pictures and stuff that I've seen on social media, it's beautiful. It's uh, well lit. Lots of stock. When I was there, um, last time I was there, you know, there was it was a well stocked, target oriented pro shop. And you know, they, I think it's probably fifteen years ago. You know, they had the challenge that every pro shop has, right, of a big box store opened up just down the street. It, it happened to be a Gallinson's, which you know, is no longer a, a thing, but uh, they were absorbed by like Dick's Sporting Goods over the years. But when a Gallinson's opened up, do you know what Joe did to compete? He, uh, he, did, some, went, he did something really smart. He probably went down to all the Gallinson's employees and gave them his card. He went to the manager and the employees and gave them his card. That's exactly what he did, which that was the first time that I had heard of that as a strategy to, you know, because, <laughs> but, but that was smart because you go to a box store like a Dick's, you're totally out of luck when it comes to target archery stuff. But if you tell them where they can send customers, then they look good. And of course it's, it's good for everybody. And I think if I'm not mistaken, Joe's business actually increased because of that. And, and for good reason. And of course I think for anyone that, uh, listening you're referring to Dick's Sporting Goods. Yes. <laughs> if you if you were if you heard that out of context, you might think you were really upset that someone went to a box store. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, no, that's not what I meant. But uh, you know, there are some box stores that have good people in them. I mean, the the Shields locally uh, here in Salt Lake City does does a pretty good job by all accounts. Yeah, I've never heard uh, very high regard for Dick's though. No, never. And, and, uh, we'll just leave it at that. But, uh, you were, you were about to bring something up and I interrupted you. Sorry about that. I don't remember. Well, I'm looking at ProLine's, uh, just their Google page, right? The Google reviews. Oh yeah. Yeah. Photos people have submitted. And it's pretty apparent that there is a, a legitimate pizza place nearby because someone always posts the same, you know, pizza photo. They must go get some pizza and then go hit the archery range. And that, that sounds like a pretty ideal day. I'll Queens. tell you what, to the best of my knowledge, you can't swing a dead cat in that part of Queens without finding a good pizza place. But you know, that would make it really relevant. hard on me. I wouldn't be able to decide. I'd have trouble too, to be honest. I mean, you know, I've, 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 you know, as you know, I've, I've uh, worked hard to lose a bunch of weight and, and I've been keeping it off, but that would be a weakness for me in New York. Pizza. I haven't had pizza in, in quite a long time, but I'll tell you that that would be a temptation that would be hard to pass up. You know, my favorite pistol range has a really, really good burger place. And I have to exercise self-discipline there. Yeah. You got to order that burger with no bun. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the keto burger, as it were. Yeah. So. Yeah. I never get fries. <laughs> but yeah, but, I mean, uh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm just going through this Vegas entry and I'm like, man, oh man, I, I know a lot of recurvers didn't want to shoot it because 
uh, Olympic trials, the first leg is at least the Americans is right before that. And I'm assuming a number of the internationals are they're in their full swing of outdoor domestic tournaments and qualifications and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, there's some of that going on, but I, there's, you know, yeah. honestly, there, there's no real good reason not to register for the thing because first off, as, as Bruce has pointed out previously, you know, the hotel super generous with, with uh, refunds. Uh, their policy is 72 hours notice and you get everything back. The airlines yeah. have been real easy to deal with on that same front. Yeah. And so, you know, the risk isn't really there if you're worried about it changing or whatever. And that's, you know, as we get out of under the cloud of COVID locally, and that's starting to establish itself better nationally, I really think that this is going to be an event that's going to come off very, very well. And, and uh, there hasn't been any problems after Rushmore. And I doubt that there's going to be any problems after, you know, the other events that are that are being held. So I think we're looking at an opportunity here because quite frankly, uh, it's going to be the Vegas shoot. And why wouldn't you want to shoot the thing? You, you know, pull out whatever stops you can. It's been a year, folks. Get out there and, and register for the thing and get going because I think this is yeah. going to be a big event. I think it'll be fun. And I have actually been into Nevada and gone into casinos, you know, and they're yeah. pretty, they're, they're pretty uh, well run in this time. They've, they've got their ducks in a row on what they got to do. You know, uh, yeah. there's, there's obviously some protocols you need to follow and should follow. And it, it doesn't feel like you're going to some uh, dilapidated event. And I don't think Vegas is going to feel like it. I mean, it's not going to be like Vegas that we know, but you're going to, you're, you're certainly going to a, a good archery event and we're going to be competing just like we normally would. So Absolutely. I'm excited and about that. And there will be vendors there. So it's the first real show that's going to be, uh, you know, available for people to browse the latest wares. There was no ATA show this year. They had some kind of a virtual thing. So yeah, first time a lot of folks are really going to go if it's just pro class. Like we're, we're not going to go uh, as a company. Yeah. But I think some will. And, you know, that's an opportunity for sure. I think there's yeah. going to be some, you know, some certainly Robbie will be there, I think, uh, with his trailer and and uh provide for you know people to be able to get their hands on stuff that they haven't maybe seen in person yet so i think there's going to be some opportunity there we'll see the olympic preparation continues in tokyo um by all accounts everything's continuing to be on that that trend line that says all the events will take place probably very few spectators if any uh in some of the venues including ours including archery on yuminoshima and uh That's fine yeah Good. but but with that in mind, the Koreans are going full bore and training in a facility that they built to look just like the facility in Tokyo, which is awesome. I think that there's a reason why they're as good as they are. They really put the effort out. Yeah, every detail is is uh, is taken into account when they're in their preparation. They have some up and coming shooters that are unbelievable. You know, sixteen year old kid that can blow past 700 all day long. Um, the pipeline is so strong. I just don't know how, how anybody can compete with them right now, you know, head to head in, in a, uh, if it were a standard feed around, you know, I, I think the relative uncertainty of the set system is the only thing that keeps a lot of places competitive with the juggernaut that they've created. It's 
just amazing <laughs> that they've got that much depth. It's incredible. The set system certainly saves a lot of people. I mean, when you you lose the first set 30 to 26 and then you win the next one 29 to 28 and you feel pretty good about yourself and really it's, you know, not as yes. close to the game as it should be. It's changed the game for sure. Or it's a closer yeah. game than it should be. Sorry. Yeah, no, I knew what you meant. And, you know, uh, to that end, you know, you look at the indoor net, the world indoor situation that just took place. I'm, I'm just going to come out and say it. Team Easton outshot everybody. But that 12 ring thing or 11 ring thing, what is it? 12. 12. That 12 ring thing? Eesh. I don't know, man. The 12 just... ring, it, the order of shooting became more critical. Oh yeah, for sure. And yeah. and that I, I don't know when you want it, you know. That it definitely brought it, a strategy it, to it. Yeah. It certainly showed that when you shoot is more important than what you shot, kind of in many regards. You know, knowing yeah. what you needed to shoot at and the strategy involved. So I don't think we will see that implemented because I think at the end of the day you want the best shooter to win. Well, and that was what I was alluding to, but, you know, and, and no disrespect to the, to the team that won, but, uh, you know, that it was a different game than our archery game. It was mm -hmm. something else. Now, the, the real question I have bringing that up for you is, is there room for that something else as a form of competition in our sport? Do you, would you like to see that element brought in at some level or in some kind of competition? You know, call it, uh, I don't know, call it crapshoot archery or something. I don't know yeah. what. Um, you know, I'm always up for a novelty of sorts, provided it's not really off the wall. But I, I do think the game can get monotonous if we stand at 50 meters and shoot our, shoot all day in the wind. Kind of boring, you know, after a period of time. So I would like to see more variation in the formats and scoring and the games themselves you know at at tournaments if, if you told me you're going to 20 tournaments this year and 10 of them are going to be 50 meter outdoor five of them are going to be vegas style five of them are going to be you know world archery indoor style i think okay you know sounds pretty boring but <laughs> so it'd be nice to shoot our core events obviously and then have some of that variance and novelty and one off kind of like a side match kind of thing or something yeah exactly you know i i think that there would be room for that it could be very interesting to do that but i wouldn't yep. want to see it as the championship round i don't think that that it would be appropriate it's yeah not it's not our sport as it stands and has stood it's always been about you know trying to get the best score now the set system has uh, arguably compromised that but in a positive way for spectators and i would say that uh you know this concept of a 12 ring style match you know a money match or something maybe uh something as a as a side entertainment but uh i would hate to see it come into play and i don't think anybody's talking about it coming into play as a as a mainline version of our championship rounds yeah and you see other sports like i think uh formula one i think is starting a saturday sprint race right so it's some type of novelty yeah. race and yeah, same with MotoGP. Right? They're doing an electric, you know, they do an electric bike race in MotoGP. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think that that is, that's good because it does a couple of things. It, it gives an extra entertainment to the fans, gives extra yep. value to the spectators who show up, 
but it also provides for development of a, of a powertrain and some other stuff that isn't necessarily optimized for the, for the long haul type racing, right? Cause they're going to use different equipment for that stuff. And yeah, arguably, you know, if, if we were to do something like that in archery, maybe you'd show up with your indoor arrows for that round. Who knows? Well, and you think about like at Vegas, you shoot for two hours out of the day, you know, and it's like, well, what if there was, you know, an evening showcase or something invitation only, and it's some type of joke around novelty shoot something, you know, yeah. I think wouldn't, I think wouldn't that's a great idea. To have. So. No, I think it would be great because, you know, for guys like you who are, you know, interested in, in maximizing the event for yourself from the standpoint of, of podium money, um, having those extra opportunities could be a really good thing. You know, you pay in a certain amount and you get a certain percentage back, could become self-supporting if you have enough people participating. Yeah. And here's the thing, you know, um, you know, quite frankly, it's you and maybe 16 to 20 other people, uh, men and women who are capable of standing up there on that final field in Vegas. And at the end of the day, um, you know, it's going to be one of those. But if you have a round where you have this sort of wild factor, you could have a lot more participation from, say, somebody who might have dropped an arrow uh, during the week and find themselves in a position to maybe capitalize on their skill, you know, yeah. uh, and, and still come away with, uh, with some money. If you get Salvage enough of that going on a little bit. Yeah. Oh, for sure. For sure. Because I, you know, I really think that that is the kind of thing that keeps people engaged and interested. And you could get spectators in there and heck you could probably charge a nominal amount for people to come in and watch the thing and help that use that to help support, you know, the pot. You wouldn't have to go to the same old well of, you know, Easton and Hoyt and PSE and Matthews and whoever to keep paying for these things. You could, have it be self-supporting and, and create a thing that maybe this is a conversation to have with Bruce. <laughs> yeah. It's a matter of figuring out the game, I think, and, and what, what that would look like, but certainly that the possibility doesn't just exist, but it should, should become reality. I think. I agree. I think maybe we should, uh, maybe we can call it the Easton podcast shoot. <laughs> well, you could even, I mean, you could even take it so far as to do some type of a team round at, at Vegas or, you know, it's not it's not that difficult to implement it just adds a little different flair gets people watching oh yeah it could be um, like the company thing company team thing that world archery did right yeah manufacturers cup something like that so it's not a bad idea certainly well in order to do it we've got to have an event and in order to have an event you've got to have people show up so folks if you haven't gotten your registration in for vegas right now it is happening it's going to be at the south point it's the first big live event outside yankton in a year. And, uh, I plan to be there. Steve will be there and I guarantee you it'll be a good time. So I hope everybody, uh, everybody ponies up and, and gets into it because it's going to be a big deal. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Well, Steve, I think that covers it pretty well. You got anything else you want to add? I have nothing else to add to this program. Yeah. Do we want to do an outro for the podcast? Uh, we never do an outro for the podcast, do we? No outro. <laughs>